Here's a message from Ken Lavica. Now Tua does have broken ribs, and now Tua's not going to play on Sunday, and now Tua might be out for several weeks, and now I'm not sure if we might be nearing the beginning of the end for Tua with the Dolphins, and I need to find some blame. Coquel, hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. No, no, no. Stick around. Hang out with us. Cool. Yeah, we'll stay and hang around with you. Stream the show on the free ESPN app or on your Alexa, Google, or Siri smart speaker. Turn it up! Turn it up! Spend your lunch with Ken by calling 888-760-3776. Are you crying? Oh, my Lord. I am sorry, honey. Please don't. Could you get your daddy on the phone? Don't hang up, please. I- From the Anajar and the Bean Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, it's Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Mother of God, man. Why does anybody support the Dolphins? Why does anybody do that to themselves? Like in New York, you've got a new quarterback who might have thrown four interceptions and four completions at one point on Sunday, but at least he's a rookie and he's shiny and new and he's got a baby face. Completed 70% of his passes. (laughs) part of that 70% including Patriots Uh, but he's got unlimited confidence and fine he's your new toy in uh, in New England Mac Jones could legitimately stab somebody to death and commit first degree murder and we would talk about how great a human being he is and what contributions he's making to society Uh, with the Dolphins from day one uh, two is too small two is too injury injury prone and then what do the Dolphins do they have a 245-year-old Moses as his offensive coordinator in year one. And then they put him behind a swinging gate in arguably the worst offensive lineman in NFL history in Austin Jackson. And all of that has resulted in the news that we got in the past hour from Dolphins head coach Brian Flores that Tua has fractured ribs. And he's not going to play Sunday against the Raiders, and he might be out for several weeks now because his offensive line got him hurt. I'm beginning to think that Miami might not be a great place for Tua. I am a very staunch pro-Tua supporter. Many of you that catch this show on a regular basis know this. You either agree with me or I bang this into your heads to the point of annoyance. But I'm beginning to have my doubts now. And I don't know if it's more because Tua sometimes can underwhelm as much as I try to wish him getting into a shootout into existence. Or it's because I don't think the Dolphins as an organization, the way it's currently constituted, have any clue how to do the right things for a young franchise quarterback. This is getting to the point of ridiculous at this point. I'm beginning to have doubts into a long term with the Dolphins. Are we at the beginning of the end with Tua 
in Miami. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And if we are at that point, because it's starting to feel that way, if we are at the point where we're at Tua at the beginning of the end with the Dolphins, whose fault is that? Are these Tua-inflicted wounds or are these Dolphins-inflicted wounds? Because I would argue that Tua's time with the Dolphins may very well come to an end before the Dolphins ever gave him an opportunity to show what he can be. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And you can tweet at us at ESPN West Palm. Now, I know, Kokel, that there are Patriots fans out there and Jets fans out there that are reveling in this right now because they've listened to me. They have listened to me prattle on and on and on and on and on about the virtues of Tua and prattle on and on and on and on and on about the fact that this year was going to be different because there were younger play callers. Notice play callers, offensive coordinators. There's really not by title any other team in the NFL that has multiple offensive coordinators. This is part of it too. You had, you, you, you literally had a Bible character, a biblical age offensive coordinator last year who had no clue how to handle a rookie quarterback, was not equipped to handle a rookie quarterback, a guy who had retired years ago and threw out all of his notes after he retired, get asked to come back and be the offensive coordinator for the Dolphins. Good call, B-Flow. Oh, we're taking shots at Flores now? Can I go? I mean, I feel like I have to at this point. And you go from you go from from football Moses to two count them two offensive coordinators. You go from one extreme where the offensive coordinators confused what to do to the other extreme where you're confused because there's two offensive coordinators. Who does what? Why is that needed? Why are you even doing that? And then in the middle of all of this is Tua, whose divisiveness. Unfair, by the way. I don't care if he's good or not. Divisiveness, though, swirling around him because so many think he's either A, injury prone, or he has, as Coquel says, a rag arm, or he's just not physically equipped to do the job in the NFL, or the Dolphins made a mistake because they passed over Justin Herbert to get him. All of those things follow Tua all the time like a dark cloud, And now two is hurt. So after 11 games of him as the Dolphins starter, we don't have a damn clue what two is. How is that possible after 11 games? That we don't know what a quarterback is in the NFL. Who a quarterback is in the NFL. What his potential ceiling is. What he can do. Because he's been put in a horrific situation. I like Brian Flores. I like how aggressive Chris Greer is. But we have a problem now. Because you have a franchise quarterback that might be all of the negative things that people say about him. Or he might actually have a ton of upside. But we don't know after 11 games. And now, into his first full season, with his first full offseason... Just two games in, 
because Austin Jackson and Jesse Davis are arguably the two worst tackles that have taken the field for the Dolphins combined in the last decade, we have an injured quarterback. And now there's no further observation to come on Tua, at least for this week and probably for the next couple of weeks. This is an issue. And then, oh yeah, the times you had to evaluate Tua last year late in games, what did Brian Flores do? Pulled him. Pulled him out of the game. Because there was this unrealistic thought that the Dolphins were going to make some sort of impact in the playoffs. It went from a, this is a pure evaluation year, we know we have some talent, to, oh, 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 can we slide into the playoffs as the wild card and lose in the first run? Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, save us. And then Fitzpatrick got a prayer answered from the football gods in Vegas, and it turned into, oh, he should be the guy. Why couldn't Tua do that? I don't know, maybe Tua didn't pray hard enough. I don't know. This is frustrating. And I really do think that all of these factors are stacking up for us to begin discussing that this might be the beginning of the end. After 11 games, this might be the beginning of the end for Tua with the Dolphins. I think we're at that point now. But I think this might be more the Dolphins' fault than Tua's fault. Are we at the beginning of the end with the Tua-Dolphins relationship? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And if we are, whose fault is it? Is it because Tua wasn't good enough? Or is it because the Dolphins have completely botched this? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Let's go to Riviera Beach, and that's where we find Terrence. Terrence, you're on Ken LeVick Alive. What's up, Terrence? Hey, how's it going? Good, man. So, I agree with you. They messed this up. They drafted Tua too high. He's a great athlete, a great quarterback, but he's playing a little bit way before his time. At this point in his career, we need to let him heal, understand the game, and play him a little bit more like Taysom Hill in the Northern Saints. He can come off the bench, spark us when we're slowing things down, but he cannot put together four great quarters at this point of his career. Maybe later, but not now. Yeah, I, I don't know, though, because I just you already had someone coming in off the bench to execute things in, in short yardage situations in Brissett to take Tua off the field, and I don't know if Tua serves you any purpose to be some sort of token quarterback special weapon Taysom Hill type of approach because he's he's not physically imposing. Taysom Hill's thing is that he's big and bruising and he can throw the football sometimes. Like two is not any well, of those things, and so that's well, where well, I, I don't know what the, the, the end game here is with Tua. No, no. So, so really quick, so let's flip this. So Jacoby Brissett never had the weapons that the Dolphins have. If given time, I think he's a better quarterback now than Tua is as a starter. I think you can make an argument for that. Starter. I think Bissett should be our starter. He's never had weapons. When he was Indy, everybody was hurt. T.Y. Hilton was hurt. When he was in New England, he didn't have weapons. This is the first time in his career he had weapons, but no one blocked the other day. Let's give Jacoby a chance, put uh, uh, the quarterback that we're discussing on the bench, let him spark us when we're in trouble. But maybe four or five years down the line, he'll be ready, but not right now. But Bissett deserves a start. Yeah, yeah, no, it, he he does deserve no. the start, and it, we're always going to root for yeah. a five six one guy. I mean, for sure. And so Jacoby's yeah. going to get the go against Absolutely. the Raiders. And Terrence appreciate the call, but uh, uh, again, in this NFL, the Brissett Brigade is fired up. <laughs> in it, fire up the bus, the Brissett the Brissett bus, baby. 
in this NFL, Coquel, and correct me if I'm wrong, maybe I'm just being a complete idiot with this. When you draft a franchise quarterback, especially in the top 10, no longer in this day and age do you let him sit a couple of seasons Instead to of a learn. Year, a year. One year is the extent to Like, Trey Lance is going to be the 49ers starting quarterback next year. Week 14. <laughs> oh, sure. I, I mean, you know what well I mean? Most be. likely by the end of the year. Very well could be. Justin Fields, there's no way. He might be a week. For, hell, he might be a week 10, maybe, if Matt Nagy finally decides. I mean, like, he should I be a week my two. job. Yeah. Um, but. But Justin Fields will be the Bears' starting quarterback for sure next year. Trey Lance will for sure be the 49ers' starting quarterback next year. You can't draft a quarterback at this day and age and let him wait behind anybody. There's too much at stake now, which is wild considering that this day and age, you're not paying your rookie quarterbacks anything like you were 10, 12, 15 years ago. But you, they were allowed to sit and learn behind that quarterback. Now they're disposable. Oh, we screwed up on this? We got to bail, and we got to go get the next franchise quarterback. It, go, it goes to the point we made yesterday, though, where coaches aren't allowed to develop and become coaches long-term, so they need mm-hmm. the quick fix. You have a three-year window as opposed to a five-year window, which yep. means you got to accelerate the quarterback's clock because I hate to tell every aspiring coach out there, you're tied to your quarterback. For sure. Everything needs to be expedited. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Are we... Near the beginning of the end here with Tua with the Dolphins. I know it's only been 11 games, but I don't see the Dolphins putting him in a position to win. And now this rib injury definitely sets him back. I think, and I am the biggest, you guys know it, I'm the biggest damn Tua supporter out there. But I'm starting to feel like we might be nearing the beginning of the end. Is this the beginning of the end of Tua with the Dolphins? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And if it is... Who's to blame? You or the Finns? Maybe it is me. Maybe it's you. Ragar? Can we put some blame on Ragar? No. Is it Tua's fault for just not being good enough? For not developing quick enough? And being made out of glass? Or is it the Dolphins' fault for putting up booby traps? Not boobies, (laughs) Coquel. Booby traps. (laughs) Boobies. (laughs) Every single place that Tua is stepped over the last Two seasons. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And you can tweet at us at ESPN West Palm. Our NFL Oracle is Menelik, and he's in Port St. Lucie. Menelik, you're on Ken Levick Alive. What's up, bud? Hey, what's up? Um, I think um, the coaches are under so much pressure. Their thinking gets clouded by, I mean, making decisions that, would have ultimately make your quarterback better. I mm-hmm. think it's a pressure of that, like what Coach said. Instead of the five-year window, now you got three. Yeah. And for some coaches, it's less. So it's a pressure of the coaches trying to keep their job because Tua shouldn't have put in, put in the way he did last year. Fitzpatrick was on a roll. He should have let that ride out and then put in Tua, even though he's saying not learning the playbook was kind of bad on his side, but. It's the coaches, I think. They're under too much pressure. You know, Malik, I think you you bring up a good point, and as always, uh, appreciate you checking in. In retrospect, yanking Fitzpatrick and starting to his clock when the Dolphins did, I I think put Tua in a position to fail. I don't know, and I still don't know where that came from. If it truly was practice observation, this guy's better Maybe Brian Flores was guilty of 
getting a little bit too giddy about having a franchise quarterback, about having the keys to that Alabama car? I don't know. But in retrospect, this clock on Tua doesn't start. This divisiveness, this negativity doesn't start swirling around Tua if Brian Flores doesn't make the decision to not only start Tua over Fitzpatrick after that win in San Francisco, but also then yanking him late in games twice in favor of Fitzpatrick as well. The Dolphins have not done Tua any favors. This is their fault if this doesn't work out because we're nearing the beginning to the end, in my opinion. This is the Dolphins' fault. Oh, yeah, and don't forget, the Dolphins haven't exactly squashed any of the we-want-Deshaun-Watson rumors that have been swirling around. Even after 22 allegations of sexual assault, they haven't said one simple word. Two letters, starts with N, ends with O. Not once. That's no, Coquel. Oh, got it. I was having a little trouble there. It's all right. I, I should say on. You know what was weird, though? You were like kind of counting on your fingers. Do you yeah. count on your fingers to spell? How does that work? Yeah, well, you said two letters, and I had to get to the 12 <laughs> letters. Yeah, there I was a number involved. I didn't mean for that to turn into scrabble. Oh, don't act like you. I'm a math teacher over here. <laughs> I got to count on my fingers. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. First. See? Fingers. Are we at the beginning of the end with Tua and the Dolphins? That's one finger. And then second. Two fingers. If we are, whose fault is it? Tua or the Dolphins? 888-760-3776 888-760-3776 Let's head to West Palm That's where we find Jay What's up Jay? Hey what's going on guys So I think um, You know Honestly I think it's So Tua I think you're right He's he's probably nearing the end of it But it's I think the Dolphins fall Like you guys said man I mean With the way they set him up last year um, Putting him in early And then pulling him out And putting Fitzpatrick in At the end of games That I mean, that hurts a guy's confidence, and it hurts his development. I mean, he even said that he didn't even know the plays, like the last caller said in, in some of the playbook. And, you know, when you go into an offseason and you know you don't have the, the, a set offensive line in Austin Jackson and Jesse Davis as your tackles and, you know, two rookies in, in your guard positions, um, I mean, you don't even do anything in the offseason to shore up your offensive line and protect your young QB who's going into a developmental, like, second year. Yeah. I think that's just like, you know, that just ruins his confidence in his play and – um, you know, I, I know he gave his guys crap during the offseason and tried to, you know, coach them up a little bit on the sidelines. You saw that in the preseason games with Austin Jackson. But, I mean, that's, you know, it, it, at the end of the day, it kind of comes down to the coaching staff and, you know, the uh, the scouts to, to kind of put the talent around him. And I, I think they set him up for failure, man. And, yeah. You know, it's a shame. I think Tua has, the you know, the capability to be a good QB. It's just, you know, maybe it's not with Miami anymore. Well, you know? and, and also, too, just to speak to that point, Jay, I mean, after eight years, we still didn't know what Ryan Tannehill was. So it's no surprise that this organization now, after 11 games, has completely stunted the growth of their new franchise quarterback. And that's what's frustrating. Jay, appreciate the call. Tua might not be the guy, okay? Maybe he's not a good NFL quarterback. Maybe he was a great college quarterback and he doesn't translate to the NFL. We've seen that plenty of times. I'm willing to acknowledge that maybe, maybe, maybe that's the case. However, when you tell the story of Tua right now to this point, you also have to tell the story of how the Dolphins have in Mario Kart just laid banana peels all over the place for him to slip on. Booby it's traps. been cartoonish. Booby traps. You just wanted to say booby again. Boobies. <laughs> 
You're so immature. Boobies. <laughs> Steven is also in West Palm. Steven, you're on Ken Levick Alive. What's up, Steven? Boobies. <laughs> What's up, Ken? I called in a couple weeks ago with the whole Deshaun thing when I was yeah. saying pretty much gave up the whole thing for um, mm-hmm. Tua. Uh, just like Cole Kell from a past coach, I, I, I went to Youngstown State, played D1 football. I never saw what anyone saw from Tua as far as a first-round quarterback. Yeah. I always thought even Ryan Tannehill was a better prospect than he was. And as a coach, Coquel, you know that if a quarterback says, oh, I didn't know the playbook, that's a big problem. That's yeah. not, you know, that's all on the player. That has you, nothing to do with the Dolphins. You need to have Lamar and, Jackson yeah. athleticism if you're not going to know the playbook fully. You need to be able, to, you need to, be able to improvise a little to bit at least. overcome yeah. And yeah. the biggest thing, too, before I go, I just want to say this one thing, is just being healthy. This guy, I mean, I went to training camp. I saw him. He has a pretty ball, but Mark Brunel had a pretty ball. So I'm not just going to say, you know, oh, man, this guy makes some good throws when no one's coming. It just seems like the guy is injury-prone. He's not Kyler Murray, but he's built like Kyler Murray. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Well, and, and there's also the discussion about his – and appreciate the call. There's also the discussion about his arm. And I know Coquel calls him ragarm, but there have been plenty of ragarms that have been just fine. I mean, you were a huge fan, as was I, of – Noodle arm, Chad, Chad Pennington. Pennington. Yeah. And he made a career out of just lofting passes into coverage. Even after he hurt his shoulder. Yeah. He got it better, actually. Peyton you, Manning. You can do that. Uh, Manning had a stronger arm at- but, he, but as his career went on, and the, before the surgery, when the neck was bothering him, he learned how to, because he's also one of the most accurate passers in the history of the league, and he adjusted and was able to figure it out. So I don't want to hear like a, a criticism of Tua. I don't want to hear arm strength because I don't think arm strength is necessarily needed to be a really good NFL quarterback. What is needed helps. is accuracy. Yeah, but it helps, arm yes, strength but, helps. You but, be all- saying, but it's not an end-all, be-all. And, you know, I joke about Rangarm, but he can make all the throws. Mm-hmm. Anyone, that's why I can't stand when Zach Wilson made that throw rolling to his left and throwing back to his right. Like, oh, my God, he made, any quarterback in the NFL can make every throw in, in shorts. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's just a different sure. game. You can make those throws. To it, but in a game, it's different pressure. That's where the arm strength comes in is you may not be able to set your feet properly. You may not be able to get centered. You may not have your core behind the may throw. may not be able to throw over the line. That's where the arm really comes in. And. Uh, the injuries is what would scare me the most if I'm them because if it's not his legs, it's his arm, it's his shoulder. If it's not his shoulder, it's his ribs. Well, There's always been something. And you can't tell me when he walked off and I know it ended up being his ribs and looked like he was pointing towards his hip, I thought his career was over. Yeah, but but uh, the, the injuries he suffered, like he, it, with the Dolphins, he's been fairly healthy up to this point. Like, the, the, it's the, 11 games and he's hurt. He's hurt because he took a point-blank missile shot to the midsection that would have hurt any or broken any quarterback's ribs in the NFL. His broken ribs are not a result of him being made of porcelain. Mm. His broken ribs are the result of a free shot taken at him in between his pads. Fitzpatrick would have played through it. No, he, he got hurt in week one! His hip is gone! Yeah, hips his are hip, different. If Ryan Fitzpatrick's hip left him in Fluta like California. Like, you can't... No, 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 no. And this... But, so, fine. We can sit here and say injury-prone, and that's fine. Like, we, I know he had the ankle at Alabama, and then he had the hip. Okay? I get that. Broken finger. I understand that. Fine, a broken finger. Those things happen. This, this injury... Drink some damn milk to a... This injury that happened to him on Sunday has nothing to do with his body causing it. It had everything to do with the Dolphins causing this injury. This, I do think starts to become an excuse for the Dolphins to make this, and Dolphins fans who are anti-Tua and anti-Tua folks, the beginning of the end for the Dolphins, I can recognize that. 
I think this is the beginning of the end. I think we're seeing it. The path has begun. The, the, the light has turned green, and we're on our way. Is this the beginning of the end of the Tua Dolphins relationship? And if it is, is this more on Tua or more on the Dolphins? Because I say more on the Dolphins. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And tweeted us at ESPN West Palm. Ken Levick Alive featuring Coquel is presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. I'm looking forward to uh, uh, chatting with Dr. Jim Reardon tomorrow. He is the head of the FAU MBA Sport Management Program, fau.edu slash MBA Sport, the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Uh, and uh, want to, uh, as I said yesterday, once again, pass along uh, congratulations to Jared Romance. He got his MBA in sport management at Florida Atlantic. He is now an assistant director at the ACC. He's the second FAU MBA sport management alum to work at the ACC office. Lindsay Ann Ross, uh, who is now with Flow Sports, she was with the ACC. So I'm telling you, like, there are so many people that go through the FAU MBA sport management program, get that MBA, and go to work in big time athletics, whether it is at individual big time universities, whether it is in the NFL, whether it's with NFL teams, whether it's with NHL teams, whether it's with college conferences. This is a no-brainer. If you're right out of college or you've always wanted to work in sports, you've been working a dead-end job for two decades, you have your family, and you just say, you know what, it's time for a change, this is for you. The FAU MBA Sport Management Program, fau.edu slash MBA Sport. Get into the spring semester. Don't waste any more time. You can take classes on campus in Boca, or you can take them remotely. It fits your lifestyle. Dr. Jim Reardon designed it that way. fau.edu slash MBA Sport the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. So let's just go through one more time the myriad of Dolphins. Of injuries? The Dolphins landmines that they have planted booby for traps. Tua. I should have never said booby traps. That was the worst mistake I've made in five months doing the show with you. <laughs> boobies. <laughs> boobies. Um, you've got probably not the right time to introduce him to the starting world in the NFL. Then, in order to really stunt his growth, in crunch time in fourth quarters, you pull him. Because all of a sudden, last year turned into a mandate on whether or not that was a playoff team. When we knew it wasn't a playoff team, they overachieved, and then all of a sudden you got caught up in it. That's on Flores. That is on Brian Flores. And I love Flo. And this is what it kind of sucks the most out of all of this, is that Brian Flores is a motivator. He is a coach who helps players develop. But he's done nothing but squash Tua right here. Can I back Flores a little bit on this, though? Okay. Because as a minority coach, how many minority coaches does he get a second opportunity as opposed to a white head coach? Not as many. We see a lot of more yeah. retreads there. That, And if you think I'm crazy for saying that, then you are you haven't been in the coaching world but why at would, any level. Why would he have put himself on the clock then last year? Because doing what he I did? just think he thinks he has to win right away because at any time he can be replaced. There's always someone that wants him replaced because that's kind of what that world is for minority coaches. So I think he kind of has thrown off of, we have a shot to win. I got to earn something to get myself a second shot more than someone who would get the benefit of the doubt that we see go 6-10 four times in a row and then end up in Detroit I in would, three years. I would agree with you except for the fact that he's received nothing but universal praise and love since he took over this Dolphins team. There has not been one modicum of, oh, this isn't the guy. Wait till he gets fired and see if that's still the case. There has been... As I said, the pulling in the fourth quarter. Then you go into the offseason, 
And there's the Deshaun Watson rumors. Then there's the 22 sexual assault allegations. Then there's still the Deshaun Watson rumors. Then there is no help being brought in on the offensive line. You had a chance to get an elite offensive lineman, a guy that hasn't allowed a sack since he was at Oregon in 2018. You pass on him, and you go get Jalen Waddell, who right now looks like uh, a glorified Devon Bess. And then you continue with Deshaun Watson rumors, and then you start Tua, and then you get him hurt because Austin Jackson had the worst game of any offensive lineman that I think I've ever seen. By the way, statistically, the Dolphins, this is no surprise, by a wide margin, the worst offensive line, worst last in protection in the NFL. And it's not even close. Brissett's going to lead them to victory this week. Jacoby Brissett, the Dwyer product, gets the Raiders on Sunday. That's my capsule of the week. Are we nearing the beginning of the end with Tua and the Dolphins? I say yes. Whose fault is it? Dolphins or Tua? I say Dolphins. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweeted us at ESPN West Palm. We'll get to those tweets, but I want to know what you think because I'm frustrated. What are you going to do if Brissett's better? Like, if they look better with Brissett, are you going to jump on the Brissett bandwagon, or what happens then? Because I, I, I feel like you're all, you already pushed your chips in on Tua. I don't, do you have any chips to move over to Brissett? I mean, I'm probably broke right now. I am broke in tatters. I'm wearing a torn suit coat, and I'm sitting on a street corner in an alley in Vegas right now, okay? That's what's happened to me, but I will gladly, if Jacoby Brissett wants to give me a coat and a hot meal, you know what? I'll take it, and I'll back Jacoby Brissett. I have nothing against Jacoby Brissett. I was never rooting against Jacoby Brissett. I want him to succeed. I like the guy. It was awesome catching up with him in the offseason and talking to him here on Ken Levick Alive. I felt like you're anti-Brissett. But I also want the franchise quarterback to succeed because I hate this constant, he's the guy, no he's not. He's the guy, no he's not. And the mediocrity that has become the damn Dolphins. 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. He's Coquel, I'm Ken Levick, I'm live on ESPN 106.3. It's Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. Here's Ken and Coquel. My life be like... You know what this is, Kilkel? This is all too much for me. Yes! Kill the big alive. Too a bad, too a sad. I'm trying to think of another one. I'm too a torn up to go on. A bird in the hand is worth two on the IR. <laughs> All right, that was terrible. Uh, if you want more of that terribleness, the Ken Levick Alive featuring Coquel Podcast, it's free. There's a reason it's free, because <laughs> it's not the most high-quality stuff, in case you're getting any indication here over those last 30 seconds. Ken Levick Alive featuring Coquel. It takes two minutes to download. Does it really take that long? No, that was bad advertising, but, yeah. it, but I got the two in there. <laughs> good. Two seconds. That was ah, ah, quicker. See, good. I wish that would have come up first for you in your uh, your brain, your spaghetti brain. Ken Levick Alive featuring Coquel. It's free. It's wherever you get your podcast. Uh, that includes Apple Podcasts for all you Apple snobs out there. Ken Levick Alive featuring Coquel. Subscribe to it. It comes right to your device. You it's still don't easy. have an Apple? Uh, I have a brand new Android Flip Z phone, by the way. Thank you very much. Cool. No one yep. knows what that is. Not uh, one person listening. It, it, it opens up, and I have a big old screen, and then I close it, and it's a small old screen. Don't you have toddlers? 
Uh, a five-year-old's not a toddler, and I guess a three-year-old. Yes, they are. are. No, they're not. Our five-year-old's toddlers, 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. What size clothes does a toddler wear? Mm-hmm. Five. Five what? Five T? Mm-hmm. Mm. What does the T stand well, for? I never knew what the T stood mm. for. I hope that's what it stands for. <laughs> I'm assuming. Wait, at what age does toddlering stop? Six. Really? Because you know what? There's no six T. I don't know if there's a six T. I don't know either. I think it's not because then you go to like regular four. You go like four T no, to four, five T to five. For me, toddlering stops when they can like talk back to you. One. <laughs> Because <laughs> that's when my kids started. <laughs> um, uh, so we've been talking about Tua, whether or not this is the beginning of the end for Tua and the Dolphins. And I think, I think it probably is. And I hate it because I'm pro Tua. I hate it, hate it, hate it. But I don't, I don't see how this rectifies itself. He's out now with broken ribs. He's not going to play against Vegas. This could be up to like a six-week thing. Jacoby presents the Dolphins starting quarterback now. The offensive line for the Dolphins got to a hurt because the Dolphins did a crap job of trying to build an offensive line or any sort of protection in front of their franchise quarterback. Is Are we at the beginning of the end with Tua? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And whose fault is it? Is Tua just not good enough? He's bad? Or... Did the Dolphins make their bed with Tua? Because I think the two uh, the Dolphins made this wildly difficult for their guy. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And on Twitter at ESPN West Palm. Before we get to our social media, let's go to Joe in Jupiter. Joe, who, by the way, won our Bud Light and Brown Distributing Weekend Warriors last week, thanks to Derek Henry. Congrats on that, Joe. Whoa, sweet. Thank you. Absolutely. I we announced know it yesterday, but I wanted to make sure that uh, you heard it from me. So uh, you won by a wide, yeah, wide I margin. I knew you had a great day, but I didn't know the other four as far as what they did. It like, wasn't I, even I close. Yesterday, but... Yeah, it was not even close. What do you got, Joe? Well, the toddler age, it's absolutely three years at the most. I've had five of them. So <laughs> I, it's no more than three years at the most. Yeah, I One agree with you. The I'm I'm with you. Like it seems like there's just a time, and I I know I'm just sort of like eyeballing it. But there's a time where you're like, oh, they're not a toddler anymore, and then that's when they're not a toddler anymore. I don't want these scientific definitions. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, Coco, you're not wrong. I just, as far as my experience, everything I've heard from other mothers, from friends of my wife, toddler is three and below at the most. Yeah. But either way, yeah. you know, nobody's wrong here. We just all have our own Oh, opinions. no, no, no. Oh, you guys no, no, no. are wrong. Joe, don't do that. Coquel's wrong. You and I are right, okay? Thank you, okay. For, the, thank you for the call, buddy. Uh, Leo in Riviera Beach. Leo, you're on Ken Levick Alive. Hi, Leo. Hey, I have, a, I have a five-year-old son right now, and he's not a toddler. Yeah. I would just say that. Yeah. He's tough, you know, so he doesn't toddle. <laughs> <laughs> There's no toddling but, going on, yeah. Yeah. But if we can just... Uh, Switch topics for mm-hmm. two a second first of real all, quick. First mm. of all, you guys and all these pediatricians on Google are way off. They're saying toddler ends at three or four, but I think it's uh, five. Uh-huh. Because if I'm still wiping <laughs> his booty, hey. he's a toddler. Can, um, real quick, Coquel, could you not steamroll Leo's joke? Leo, could you repeat that real quick? Yeah, I just want to switch topics for a two a second. There we go. So you steamroll the ball, Leo. Uh, yeah, Coquel's Co- Co- going to dump you now. Um, but and, and, and Leo, uh, by the way, I wanted to tell you, uh, you're, uh, I like the uh, I like the Facebook stuff you're doing with your picks, your NFL and your college picks as well. 
Oh, thanks. Yeah, I just I'm I've been wanting to start a channel for a long time. So I'm I just have the Leo be the lion show going stuff, on YouTube. Man. I'm trying Keep trying to get it going. That's Keep the only place Ken gets his information. I was for the gonna show, say so if you fun. feel like if you feel like some things you've been saying on Facebook are being repeated on the show, it is because I'm parroting you because I have no idea what I'm doing here. He actually opened the show today with, "Hey guys, it's me, Leo B. the Lion." Yeah, and I was like, oh, 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 come the big alive. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Y'all are the best. I love your show. But about to a real quick, um, two a second. <laughs> he he, I I don't want to give up on him yet because he's only been in the league for a year and a half, mm-hmm. and I really want to blame it on the offensive line and the coaching. But I'm just I'm just worried because looking at the film, it showed when he was in there that he wasn't checking out of plays that he was call, that he was just calling out the mic and then not doing and then not mm-hmm. checking out of any plays. Mm-hmm. It's almost like it's almost like Flo has him saying, "All right, we're just going to give you one play. You run that play, and we'll and we'll go with it." Whereas like Peyton Manning's of the world, almost every other quarterback nowadays gets a couple plays and then they can check into whatever play that they think is the best play for the for the time. Yeah. And with the lack of the running game where Miles Gaskin has fifteen carries in two games, it's 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 not looking good for Tua. I'm no. I just I'm don't know what the that. plan is. Like I don't know what they're trying to do and you're right. Like they're they're handcuffing Tua or they don't think Tua can do it but we don't know what they're seeing that makes them either think, A, that he has to go with first read or bust, or why they're not letting him audible or call his own play at the line or his own checks at the line. And, and it is frustrating, too, because you, you, you don't know because we can't see because the O-line hasn't performed so well. Exactly. And to have, to have Jesse Davis be at right tackle when all last year, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm pretty sure he played guard. He, he's a guard. He he's did, a natural he guard. Yeah, out of necessity. He hasn't he's played, played right tackle, tackle all year. Right. So it's just frustrating that when we had our right tackle last year, I believe it was Robert Hunt mm-hmm. or um, the name escapes me, but we didn't want to bring that continuity from last year into this year. It's it's weird that we that we're moving interior alignment to the tackle spot when you saw how bad he played. Yep. and he got two or injured. Yeah, it, two is injured because there's no offensive line in front of him. And you make the point, and you're right, and this is what I was saying earlier, you can't evaluate someone when their offensive line hurts him. And we are 11 games in, and that's what's so damn frustrating. Guards are guards, though. There's a reason players are guards. Mm-hmm. There's always something. There's a reason wh- why you're on the inside. Whether it's arm length, whether it's some kind of footwear strength, there is a if, if you were good enough to be a tackle, you'd be a tackle. If you had the other skills to be a center, you'd be a center. If you don't, you're a guard. Uh-huh. The, the I mean, offensive linemen will tell you the hardest transition is going from guard to tackle. You can be a tackle and become a guard, but going yeah. from guard to tackle is a totally different universe. You, you just don't do it. There's no. a reason Quentin Nelson's a guard. Mm-hmm. Like if he was, and he is by far the best guard. But if he could be a tackle, he they would play yeah. him at tackle. They're not playing him at guard because they're like, you know what? We really got to shore up that guard position. No, he has the measurable. I think it's his arm length with him, but he, there's something with his measurables that doesn't translate to a tackle and that's why he's not playing there uh eddie is in boynton eddie you're on ken levick alive what's up eddie hey kenny how you doing good buddy um good good i i think they're gonna stick with two or they're gonna have to for the rest of the year mm-hmm. don't count this out but i'm kind of think that deshaun watson might be in play for next year i know that yeah. all all yeah. of the the stuff that's going on 
you figure they're going to have to play him. They're going to have to try to get some value for him. And if they and if it costs a first rounder and two to get him out to get Deshaun Watson, then you're cooking with gas because I, I tell you what, uh, Buffalo obviously are the best team in the league. Mac Joe Mac at uh, in New England is is you know looking like he's got to step up, and so the Dolphins got to do something. And if they don't think Tua is the guy for them, they just got to put him out there. Yeah, take his lumps, so maybe he'll show some flashes of brilliance, get that trade value up, and then uh, you know to go from there. But uh, uh, I think they got, I think this definitely will be his last year. But uh, I you know unless there's somebody that they're looking at in college that's going to come out next year then I, I think they made their bed with him, at least for this year. Yeah. And then if Deshaun yeah. Watson becomes available, then they'll get rid of him. Because to be honest with you, I think Houston is not a bad team. I think they got, they got a bunch of pieces in play there as well. So maybe, you know, I don't think Deshaun Watson is going to play another snap there no, ever. Tyrod Taylor's no hack. I mean, he's going to do the job for him there in Houston. He's got the worst luck in the world. The worst luck in the world. And uh, appreciate that, Eddie. I, I, would, I would be willing to bet. That the first round pick for the Dolphins, or the first round picks for the Dolphins in this next year's draft, both of them would are more likely to go in a trade somewhere than they would be to take a quarterback. I can see them pairing them up with Tua, <clears throat> excuse me, and and making that trade. Because if you're if yeah. you are Houston and you like Tyrod Taylor, you know what his you know his injury history is and his bad luck streak. Then you have a Tua, and you can actually take the time to develop him. The Dolphins aren't in that stage for whatever reason. Last year, Flo took himself out of the rebuild stage. You know how dirty it feels to legitimately discuss? Because you have to. Because this is where we are realistically to discuss the Dolphins acquiring a guy who has 22 sexual assault allegations hanging over his head and lawsuits and the FBI is investigating him. And we're like, you know what? Deshaun Watson could be in play for the Dolphins. And it's not like we can avoid it. We have to talk about it. Because the Dolphins haven't outright said... Nope. And they there's won't. clear interest. And they won't because they'll be one of the top they'll be one of the favorites in the AFC. Yeah. They're clearly waiting to see how the legal process plays out. That's all this is going to take. Or when the Texans get tired of their asking price and drop it yeah. down to a regular Which price. I do think is going to happen eventually. Yeah, because they're, they're getting nothing for him and his contract is just fading away. Because he's not suspended. No. They don't own his rights for extra time. They're just not playing him. And they can be petty all they want and be upset with Deshaun Watson all they want, but they're hurting themselves if they continue to not do anything with him. Is there anything Tua can do this year that can kind of salvage the job, I guess make the playoffs, or is that Tua... Too a little too late. <laughs> you blew it! it. Oh, I set it up. I don't even want to know the answer to the question. I just wanted to set it up for the joke. Too a little too late. And you had the oh. whole setup there, and your delivery failed you at the end. I think I should be just be fired from this radio guy. <laughs> I'm terrible. I blame you. The ultimate game day experience at Storm House Brewing. Let me tell you about that, because they're just getting started. There's no beginning to the end at Storm House Brewing. They are just getting started. And, you know... What is a good time? Even if they're struggling, it's, well, going to a Dolphins game. You know what might be even more intriguing is the Jacoby Brissett revenge game, potentially, with the Colts coming into town on October 3rd. Jacoby, former Colts starter, could very well be, looks like he may very well be, the Dolphins starting quarterback October 3rd for that revenge game. You know what that happens to be? That happens to be the ultimate game day experience trip at Stormhouse Brewing. Get this. Stormhouse Brewing, right now, they are offering a package, October 3rd, Colts at Dolphins, that includes a bus from Stormhouse Brewing in North Palm Beach to the game and back, a ticket to the game, Dolphins-Colts at Hard Rock Stadium, breakfast and a drink before the bus leaves, that's awesome, lunch and a crowler at the stadium, 
tailgate when you arrive at Hard Rock Stadium. Drink an appetizer coupon at the bar after the game after? when you arrive back at Stormhouse Brewing in North Palm Beach. And you get 10% off their next package as well. Wow. Next time they're doing this. Guess how much all of that costs? Ticket? $7,000. <laughs> Ticket? You'd be terrible on the prices, right? Ticket? Crawler, one bus, no, that's definitely tailgate, right. breakfast, uh, lunch, and appetizer at the bar after. Realistic with another guess, drink. I would say value of that at least three fifty, one twenty five. All of it. All There's of no it. way. That's too a little. Nope. <laughs> the ticket, the bus, the drinks, the food, the day, the experience, all for one hundred and twenty five dollars. Seats are limited. So if you're one of those typical South Florida people and you're like, I'm together, I'll wait, I'll wait, I'll wait. No, uh, 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 uh. You got to get a hold of them and you got to do it now because this is next Sunday at Hard Rock Stadium. So get your ass in gear, okay? Stormhouse Brewing, North Palm Beach, US 1, half mile south of PGA Boulevard. The ultimate game day experience if you like the NFL, if you like the Dolphins, hell, if you like the Colts, but if you like drinking and eating and having a good time with a bunch of great people at a great craft brewery, the only one in the area that serves food, has a food menu at its craft brewery, well, this is for you. $125. Stormhouse Brewing Ultimate Game Day Experience. Oh, well, how do I get my ticket? Uh, Go to stormhousebrewing.com, stormhousebrewing.com, or call 561-323-4172. That's 561-323-4172. The Stormhouse Brewing Ultimate Game Day Experience. That sounds like one hell of a time. He's Coquel. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3.